ness 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 Because I was a turtle in last episode. Too. I know. Yeah, he did the ninja rap. Go ninja, go, go ninja, go. Ninja, go. Go, no, ninja, go. Go, go ninja, go ninja, go. Go. Okay. With that being said, oh, welcome to the Macabre Academy. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. Hi, it's me, Nerdy Witch. Ooh, you fancy bitch. Oh yeah, Dex is still dressed up as a goat for House Crowley. It was not going to take 10 minutes to take this off. You want to see my raven? Hold on, wait, I can show you again because it's fucking bomb and now I know how to do this. Boom. Get after it, girl. Boom. I love that look on your face. I love how you accentuated your nose with the purple. Oh, 100%. I was like, listen, guys, I've got a giant nose. Like, look at this nose. Look at this. It's fucking giant. I can't get my side. You know, for the last few weeks, there is a character from from a cartoon, and I cannot specifically want, remember the cartoon. But does it look like me? Yes! Like, is it a good character, or is it, like, a bad character? I'm pretty certain it was a good character, and I'm pretty certain I'm thinking of Recess, but I can't specifically <gasps> remember. Like, I have to Google this. Wait, wait, there is There is a character that is, like, legit the cartoon version of Brandy. Is it? Is it the girl that wears overalls? I don't remember. But, like, if I had to make a cartoon version of Brandy, it would be this cartoon character. When I had blonde hair, I looked like Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. I could see that. I was really excited about it when I was, like, five. I could see that. What are we talking about this week? Yeah, guys. Fairy tales. (laughs) Thanks. Look at me being on topic. I almost want to restart the episode because you girls like derailed it before I even opened my mouth. <laughs> We're good at that. Alcohol. Keep going. All okay. So this week on Macabre Academy, we are talking about fairy tales. Are these grimy ones? They are grimy fairy tales. Are they so, dark and scary? Why be able to sleep? Well, Hopefully. yeah, they're grim. Well, let me start. Like, let me okay. start. Sorry, mom. Fuck. <laughs> Okay, Damn. so you guys are on the same page as me because when we think about fairy tales, there's two ways to think about them. You got, you got the Disney, right? You got your Little Mermaid, Disney. you got your Cinderella, you got your Beauty and the Beast. They're timeless that stories of magic. came from grim fairy tales. Wait, wait, I'm Beauty and Justine's the Beast. Actually, she's got right the horns. Yes. She's got the yeah. horns. She got I mean, the horns wrong. <laughs> All right, so. In reality, right, we all know, because we're adults, that these are not the purpose of fairy tales, right? This is Disney. Teaches you a lesson. But Disney makes it pretty. It does. But in reality, these stories are about dark truth, sex, violence, murder, mutilation, cannibalism, fantaside, and incest. So this is how we are on a Not Safe for Work podcast talking about fairy tales. Wait, wait, wait. So, like, Justine and I had this talk. If, like, one of us got our foot cut off. <laughs> foot tacos? Could, would you eat foot tacos? <laughs> Are you referencing you, the original story of Cinderella where they cut the stepsister's foot to fit the glass slippers? 
No, I'm referencing I'm cutting Justine's foot off when it dies. No, wait, you were cutting your foot foot off. Okay, I'm cutting one of our feet off and we're going to cook foot tacos. Would you eat them? (sighs) Absolutely. 100%. I would 100% (laughs) try human. 100%. Go ahead. But, like, okay, so I have to, like, just to You mentioned cannibalism. I did. I would not kill somebody to try human, but if a cannibal offered me human, I wouldn't say no. Also, like, if my foot's already dead and they're cutting it off, what other use do I have of it? So instead of donating your body to science, you're going to donate it to culinary inquisitions? For myself. You're going to be dead. And I make some mean tacos. No, no, listen, you could amputate my foot without me dying. I don't know a doctor that would purposely amputate your foot just so you can eat it. No, but like well, if I'm it has like... I'm not saying like purposely. I'm just saying like if I have an accident at work and I accidentally cut my finger off, we could cook that bitch. No, I'm talking like I crush my foot on a forklift when someone actually runs me over like I ask them to. And then they can't fix it. There's no need for the bones. I just need the meat of it. Can I have it? Sure. <laughs> okay, All go right. ahead. So let me Sorry. let me put this into context for you. I have an article because you know me. I'm the uh, the extra one of us when it comes to research. Um, I just yeah. want foot tacos. So the article is called "Our Grim Fairy Tales: Too Twisted for Children." So this no. article put, huh? No. Yes. No. The two I'm going to read you today are so hang in there with no. me. No. Okay. So the article puts into context where authors Jacob and Willem Grimm were writing and collecting these stories at a different time period altogether. They lived in a town of Kessel, Germany, and studied law and language, as well as writing more than 150 stories, which they published two volumes between 1812 and 1814. Now, these stories are public domain, which means they can be rewritten, edited, and adapted for the children's audience today, but they're a far cry from these original incarnations. According to Maria Tatar, professor of Germanic folklore and mythology at Harvard University, these, I'm reading a quote, these tales are not politically correct. They are full of sex and violence. In Snow White, the stepmother asks for the lungs and liver of the little girl. And she is just seven years old and has been taken into the woods by the huntsman, which is pretty scary. And then the evil stepmother is made to dance to death in a hot rod iron shoes. In Cinderella, you get the stepsisters where the heels and toes are cut off. So you're getting dark things and you're also getting adult themes. So like these are technically like pornography of the earlier ages. Don't forget that sex sells these stories. Sleeping Beauty was raped since she was unconscious and couldn't give consent. And these give dark and frightening fantasies under the safety of Once Upon a Time. So despite the gore and the sex, these characters often come out alive in some sort of happily ever after. And that realm of fantasy is protecting the listeners. And that's how these stories endure. Of course, modern parents fucking hate fairy tales. Uh, A survey last year... Well, get everything. Yeah, they hate vaccines too. (laughs) Fuck you. I can't bring peanut butter. You can't bring polio. End of the (laughs) day. Did you know that Santa Claus (laughs) smoked a pipe? 
Yeah. Yes. They rewrote it. So if you get Fuck a... You guys. Because we're bitches. If you buy a book today of Twas the Night Before Christmas, they rewrote out that Santa smokes. Just so you Bullshit. Know. Does so, Santa bring polio? <laughs> no. No, but you know what? I guarantee you he has diabetes. <laughs> I mean, the the cookie cookie monster eats vegetables now. Thank you, Michelle Obama. Fuck that, too. What the actual fuck? It's important to have a balanced diet. Bert and Ernie aren't allowed to be together because they might be gay. They can be gay. That's fine. I know. Like, I think that's fine. Listen. Kids didn't think about that, but because parents have a stick up their ass, they're not allowed to have Bert and Ernie together because it might turn children gay if they watch it. Here's my problem. I watched all that shit, and I turned out perfectly fine. You read Murderpedia for fun. Okay. I was going to say, like, okay, there is a difference because of between... the cookie monster, and that's also not because of gay Bert and Ernie. Okay? I was going to say, there is a difference between we watched that stuff when we were kids, and we didn't pick up on those adult themes that adults would pick up, and there's just something not right with us. <laughs> Well, a survey last year, okay, survey last year, found that many parents reported that their children were left in tears by the gruesome fate of Red Riding Hood. Some parents wouldn't even read Rumpelstiltskin to their children because it was about kidnapping and execution. And many Because we're little bitches. (laughs) Well, many of these parents felt that Cinderella was a bad role model for their daughters because they did housework all day. You know, the goal is to get married and do housework and pop out kids. That's happily ever after. But, like, I want that. I do, too. Okay. (laughs) Like, I want to marry rich. Should I pop out kids? No, but, like, I'll adopt. So, first of all, no. Because it did not end. Like, all it ended with was Cinderella getting her Prince Charming. Well, Ariel's the only princess to have a kid. So, first off, no. She is. Disney princess. She's the only one that spawned a baby. I like that you said spawned. Um, princess Leia, motherfuckers. That, no, they acquired Star Wars later. Okay, it that doesn't counts. count as a galaxy. That no. does not count as a Disney princess. Star Wars doesn't count because you're a weirdo. Shut up. Here, Okay, so I did not, maybe I'm just the oddball, but I didn't pick up any of that shit from Disney. You know what I picked up from Disney? Unrealistic expectations of men. Oh, 100%. Where's my Prince Charming? My favorite is Cogsworth. Uh, Unbroken promises they don't intend to keep. That was... That's fair. Yeah, that line. That was actually improv from the voice actor in uh, Beauty and the Beast. Where's my Prince Charming? Is he, like, stuck in a tree somewhere? Also, like, why can't I have Flynn from Rapunzel? Because, like, damn, you was hot. I'll hit you in the head with a fucking frying pan. Let's go. I got you, boo-boo. I'm literally just picturing you picturing Ryan in the face with a frying pan. Okay, oh, honey, I want to. Okay, go ahead. We're off topic again. We're still <laughs> Yeah. So do you want to know how we landed on uh, fairy tales this week? No. So Because you were tired of murder? No. No. Sound- never. <sighs> it's going to be a long episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll stop talking. Go. No, I just, I got to plug Sound Maiden because she's our producer. Because we okay. love her. So well, she yeah. has she has her own podcast, which is called Blue Funk. And she reads stories from authors all over the place, from around the world. She has a little following in France, and kids actually even write in stories to her. Um, she has a special episode for her kids' funk 
where she uses some unique fairy tales from Andrew Lang. And uh, him and his wife was one of the first to collect fairy tales and folklores and translate them into English. Uh, Lang was inspired to collect the tales because he was fascinated by the stories of his homeland. However, the collections of fairy tales published in English, very rare. His task wasn't readily accepted by society, however, as they viewed fairy tales to be brutal and harmful to children. So we were talking about her episode because she was reading one from the Violet series from this Andrew Lang. And I have a book that my mother bought me. Of course, I don't have the book available. I have a collection of grim fairy tales. Yep. This is it. Grim's Grimmest. See this? It's a publication. Yeah. Grimm's Grimmest Fairy Tales. It is a publication. I just have like this thick ass book of Grimm Fairy Tales. No, yeah. This one is that edited down to the most gruesome, Grimm's Grimmest. Oh, that's cool. That's the book we're using um, with illustrations from, from Tracy Dockery. Anyway, I got this book in fifth grade. Nice. <laughs> Brandy's face. Okay. I'm just questioning some parenting, but you know what? You do you, boo-boo. And I'm the serial killer. I mean, I was getting needles shoved in my eyes in fifth grade. I was a normal child. Hi. Well, I acquired this book because, again, um, my twin, right? He tested on some sort of standardized testing around fourth grade for um, being superior in math, which I am not. And so he qualified for these special programs through Carnegie Mellon University for summer camps for math. So he got to go build robots and shit. And my mom felt bad for me. So she would take me shopping in Shadyside in Pittsburgh. And we would go get like Pamela's for breakfast with the Leonie's potatoes. And then we'd go shopping. I've never been there. Oh, it's so good. We got to go when this is over. The first time that I went to Pamela's was in the Strip District. Oh, yeah, there's one in Shady Side too. I was supposed to hang out with a friend and she was not able to make it. So, well, so I, then we're I, doing it. We're going to all do it. So I spent the entire day in the strip district by myself before I went to a concert with my brother and his girlfriend and I got to try absinthe and it was amazing. So I've only been, the, only been to the strip district once and it was like a year ago. And I've I'm lived in Pittsburgh lot. my whole life. Well, in Shadyside, I, I used to sh- shop in the strip all the time, but in Shadyside, it's all these hoity-toity stores. But there's yeah, a card, shit. right? But there's a card store that sells these books, and that's where I acquired these. My mom was a reading specialist, so I had a really high reading comprehension, which is why I use a lot of books for the podcast. Um, so she, when I asked for a book, she didn't question it. So that's how I came up with Grim's Grimmest. <laughs> nice. So, Sound Maiden and I picked out the worst of the worst, so I can read you girls two of the literal worst fairy tales I could find. Perfect. Fantastic. All right, you girls ready? Hell yeah. Yes. All right, Let's so. Let's me this on. The first one I have is actually not in this book. It's in the public domain, so I'm going to read it off my document here. Okay, you ready? It's called The Fitcher's Bird. There once was a wizard who used to take the form of a poor man, and he went to houses and begged and caught pretty girls. No one knew where he carried them, for they were never seen again. One day he appeared at the door 
of a man who had three pretty daughters. He looked like a poor, weak beggar and carried a basket on his back as if it was meant to collect charitable gifts in it. He begged for a little food, and when the eldest daughter came out and was just reaching to give him a piece of bread, he did but touched her, and she was forced to jump into his basket. Thereupon, he carried her away with long strides and carried her into the dark forest to his house, which stood in the midst of it. Everything in the house was magnificent. He gave her whatsoever she could possibly desire and said, My darling, thou wilt certainly be happy with me, for thou hast everything thy heart could wish for. This lasted a few days, and he said, I must journey forth and leave thee alone for a short time. There are the keys of the house, and thou may go everywhere and look at anything except one room, which this little key opens here, and I forbid thee to go on the pain of death. He likewise gave her an egg and said, Preserve the egg carefully for me and carry it continually with thee, for a great misfortune would arise from the loss of it. So now he's kidnapped her, give her everything that she could ever want, right? And just is like, just don't go in this one room. And he thinks I'm going in, that, go in room. that room. <laughs> First thing I do when he leaves. So she took the keys and the eggs and promised to obey him in everything. When he was gone, she went all around the house from bottom to top and examined everything. The room shone with silver and gold, and she thought she had never seen such great splendor. At length, she came to the forbidden door and wished to pass by it, but curiosity let her have no rest. She examined the key, and it just looked like any other, and she put it in the keyhole and turned it a little, and then the door sprang open, and what did she see when she went in? Dead bodies. Bitches. (laughs) Bitches. A great bloody basin stood in the middle of the room. And there lay human beings dead, hewn into pieces, and hard by the block of wood. A gleaming axe lay upon it. I was so right, dead body! Mm -hmm. She was so terribly alarmed that the egg which she held in her hand fell into the basin. She Uh got it out and washed the blood off of it, but in vain. It appeared again in a moment. She washed and scrubbed, but she could not get it out. So that little egg that's protecting her covered in blood. It was not long before the man came home from his journey. And the first thing he asked were for the key and the egg. She gave them to her, but she trembled as she did so. And he saw at once by the red spots that she had been in the bloody chamber. Since thou's how gone in the room against my will, he said, Thou shalt go back in it against thine own. Thy life is ended. He threw her down and dragged her thither by her hair, cut her head off on the block, and hewed her into pieces so that the blood ran on the ground. And then he threw her into the basin with the rest. <laughs> Story's not over, so he kills one. I would have ended up in that basin. <laughs> Curiosity, Curiosity killed the cat. Curiosity killed the cat. Curiosity killed the brandy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the wizard's not done. Now I will fetch myself the second, said the wizard. And again, he went to the house in the shape of a poor man and begged. The second daughter brought him a piece of bread, 
and he caught her like the first, simply by touching her and carrying her away. She did not fare better than her sister. She allowed herself to be led away by her curiosity, opened the door to the bloody chamber, looked in, and had to atone for it with her life upon the wizard's return. He went and brought the third sister, but she, clever and crafty. Obviously not, because she didn't just throw that chunk of bread out the goddamn window. (laughs) But, like, who's the second sister? Because I'm the first one. Justine, are you falling for this bullshit? Probably not, because I don't give food to strangers. It would be Steph. I'm a greedy bitch. Truth. You're a fat bitch, too. You would have not gotten caught in the first (laughs) place, so she's not relevant to the story. She would not have given that poor old man some bread. I would have. Fuck no, that's my bread. I'm hungry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, the third sister, clever and crafty. When he had given her the keys and the eggs and left her, she first put the egg away with great care and then examined the house and at last went into the forbidden room. Alas, what did she behold but her sisters lay there in the basin, cruelly murdered and cut into pieces. But she began to gather their limbs together and put them in order, head, body, arms, and legs. And when nothing further was wanting, the limbs began to move and unite themselves together. And both the maidens opened their eyes and they were once more alive. Then they rejoiced, kissed, and caressed each other. Hold up. Mm-hmm. So Justine's going to save our lives when we're stupid and I get I was going to say, that might actually be me. <laughs> I would not have gone into the room in the first place. I would. Oh, I totally would have. Like, that's thing in the box to me. Like, no, I need to know what's in there. I, I'm, I'm just I'm saying, good. like, I would have fed the old man, but I would have not just, like, gone and handed it to him. Like, I'd have thrown it out the goddamn window or something. <laughs> No, I'm one of those people, like, you, like, we know this, like, I'm, like, honest to a fault, and if somebody's trusting me not to, to, like, look in their journal or something, like, I'm not that person. I'm not going to look. Okay, that's different. If you're handing me the key to the door and saying, hey, you can go everywhere except for this door, but hey, here's the key. I want you to hold it. Bitch, I'm I'm going in there. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same person who's never picked up my husband's cell phone and gone through it. Oh, I'm a bad person. Don't tell Ryan. (laughs) <laughs> he now knows. i mean i do but my husband allows me so it doesn't count so like listen i know his password and i go through everything <laughs> i'm a crazy bitch fight me i don't know the pa- like my husband doesn't have a password i'm just literally allowed to go into his phone oh you guys have good marriages this is why i'm never getting married i well, don't like people go ahead continue let's now that i'm not a lot dead anymore <laughs> you're not dead anymore no on his arrival, the man once the man's the wizard. I don't know why they're not calling him a wizard. Upon the wizard's arrival, the man at once demanded the keys and the egg, and as he could perceive no trace of blood on it, he said, Thou house stood the test, and thou shalt be my bride. So now he's kidnapped her and he's gonna force her to marry him. Oh, poor Justine. He now no, no longer had work. any power over her. And was forced to do whatever she desired. Oh, very well, she said. Thou shalt first take a basket full of gold to my father and mother and carry it thyself on thy back. In the meantime, I will prepare for the wedding. So she ran to her sisters, whom she had hidden in a little chamber, and said, They're zombies, by the way. 
I mean, technically, we're zombies. If you I'm know. a fucking zombie. Yeah. So I actually had this conversation with someone. If zombies happen and they're not the running kind, if I care enough about you, I will consider keeping you in my backyard and feeding you. Unless you specifically request to be killed. No, have you ever seen the horror movie May? No, I don't watch scary movies. I'm a little bitch. Oh, she um she winds up like long story short, she murders people and then sews them into her perfect boyfriend. Frank and husband. Yeah. So Justine, you would feed me in your backyard? Yeah. Unless you're like the running kind of zombie. I appreciate it. And that. then all bets are off because I'm probably you're dying. So this bitch fine. don't run. Hi, have we met? Have we met? I don't run. You don't run. Anyway, a really bad zombie. I don't. I'm a fat, skinny bitch, or a skinny fat bitch, whatever you want to call it. I don't exercise. It don't happen. It's not fair. I'm gonna wake up one day fat. <laughs> so anyway, she ran to her sisters, whom she had hidden in a little chamber, and said. The moment has come when I can save you. The wretch shall himself carry you home again, but as soon as you're at home, send help to me. She put both of them in the basket and covered them with gold so that nothing of them could be seen. And she called in the wizard and said to him, Now carry the basket away, and I shall look through my little window and watch to see if you stop on the way to stand or to rest. The wizard raised the basket on his back and went away with it, but it weighed him down so heavily that the perspiration steamed from his face. Then he sat down and wanted to rest a while, but immediately one of the girls in the basket cried, I am looking through the little window, and I see thou art resting. Wilt thou go on at once? He thought it was his bride who was calling to him and got up on his legs again. Once more, he was going to sit down, but instantly she cried, I am looking through my little window, and I see thou art resting. Will thou not go on directly? And whenever he stood still, she cried this, and then he was forced to go onwards, until at last, groaning and out of breath, he took the basket with the gold and the two maidens into their parents' house. At home, however, the bride prepared the marriage feast and sent the invitations to the friends of the wizard. She took a skull with grinning teeth and placed some ornaments on it and a wreath of flowers and carried it upstairs to the garret window and let it out from thence. When all was ready, she got a barrel of honey and cut the feather bed open and rolled herself in it so she looked like a wondrous bird and no one could recognize her. She went out of the house and on her way, she met the wedding guests who asked, Oh, Fitcher's bird, how comest thou here? I come from Fitcher's house quite near. And what may the young bride be doing? From the cellar to the garret she swept all clean, and now from the window she's peeping, I ween. At last she met the bridegroom, who was coming slowly back, and he said like the others, Oh, Fitcher's bird, how comest thou here? I come from Fitcher's house quite near. And what may the young bride be doing? From cellar to garret, she swept it all clean, and now from the window she's peeping, I ween. The bridegroom looked up and saw the decked-out skull and thought it was his bride, and nodded to her, greeting her kindly. But when he and the guests had all gone into the house, the brothers and the kinsmen of the bride, who had been sent to rescue her, arrived. 
they locked the doors of the house and no one could escape. They set fire to it and the wizard and all of his crew had to burn. Yeah. Yeah, they did. (laughs) The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. (laughs) Fucking bitches. Okay, ladies, what did you learn from the first story? Um, not to go in rooms that are locked that I'm told not to go in, even though I'm going in. How do you think Disney just- would have tackled the Fitcher's bird? Wait, what? If Disney were to do it, how would have they tackled that? Oh, it would have been all sorts of snowflakey. I, I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to find a vanilla version of that. Um, there isn't one. No, I guarantee you I could come up with this. I just don't think I can right this second. I think it'd make a I think it'd make a good movie. I would see that movie. I mean like okay, so here's my issue with this. So I I still enjoy the occasional Disney movie. All of the Disney. But movies. Disney was a piece of shit. Fair. I said it. I don't care. I still want to get married there. He was. He was a racist. He was a sexist. Like, well, Kellogg's invented cornflakes to stop people from masturbating, but people still eat cornflakes today. Wait, what? Yeah. You didn't know How? Kellogg was a prude and he thought eating plain food would stop you from being overly sexually active? No. Yeah, it's a thing. I feel like the- I knew that. It doesn't work. Because I watched the documentaries with my husband on, like, why cornflakes are a thing. Cornflakes should not be a or thing. Or not why cornflakes, but, like, the twisted history of Kellogg's. Well, we got one more story to go if you girls are ready. Yeah, that wasn't so yeah. fucked up. What do you mean it wasn't fucked up? There were dead bodies in the room, and then they... they yeah. Just, I was gonna say, that wasn't actually that bad. Oh, ladies. <laughs> We're going to hell. Jump the fuck on the bus. All right. Well, Juniper Tree is my favorite. And if you're on Patreon, you can see that I have a little picture. I actually did a painting based off this story. I loved it so much. So if you guys shit on this story, I'm going to be real upset. I will attempt not to. Okay. The Juniper Tree. Justine shits on everything. I do not. I think things are so awful. And then you guys go, nope. I think it's fine. Listen, I literally used to go on best score for kicks, so. Like, you want some twisted shit. I wasn't allowed on the internet. Well, I think the juniper tree's fucked up, so I'm, I'm gonna read it. Let's, let's do Are this. Are there dead babies? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> a long time ago, there was a rich man who had a beautiful and pious wife. They loved each other dearly, but they had no children and they wished for them very much. The woman prayed for them night and day, and still they had none. Now, there was a courtyard in front of their house in which stood a juniper tree. I almost named Evie Juniper, too. Juniper That's tree. a cute name. Uh, one of my friends named her daughter Juniper. Oh. One day in winter, there was a woman standing beneath it, paring herself an apple. And while she was paring herself the apple, she cut her finger and the blood fell into the snow. Ah, the woman said, and she sighed right heavily and looked at the blood before her and wistful. If I had but a child as red as blood and in white as snow. Snow white. This is not snow white, but yeah, same idea. And while she thus spoke, 
she became quite happy in her mind and felt just as if it was going to happen. Then she went into the house and a month went by and the snow was gone and two months went by and everything was green. Three months and then all the flowers came out of the earth. Four months and then all of the trees grew thicker and the green branches were all closely intertwined. The birds sang until the wood resounded and the blossoms fell from the tree. The fifth month passed away, and she stood underneath the juniper tree. The smelled so sweetly and her heart leapt, and she fell on her knees and was beside herself with joy. And when the sixth month was over, the fruit was large and fine, and she was quite still. In the seventh month, she snapped up the juniper berries and ate them greedily, and she grew sorrowful and sick. When the eighth month passed, she called her husband to her and wept. If I die, then bury me beneath the juniper tree. And she was quite comforted and happy until the month was over. She had a child as red as blood and white as snow. But when she beheld him, she was so delighted that she died. Oh, no. So normal childbirth in those days. Pretty much. But, but I'm so sad. Right. Well, instead of dying of childbirth, they said that she died of happy. So that's that lore of fantasy, right? Her husband buried her beneath the juniper tree and he began to weep sore. After some time, he had more at ease. And though he still wept, he could bear it. And after some time, he took another wife. By the second wife, he had a daughter, Marlinchen. The child of his first wife, however, was a little son, and he was red as blood and white as snow. When the woman looked at her daughter, she was filled with love. But when she looked at the boy, evil thoughts came into her heart of how she could get all of her husband's fortune for her daughter and how the boy stood in the way. So now you have that archetype of the evil stepmother that's pretty famous in these stories. That's fucked up. In history. Mm-hmm. I should have looked up why the archetype of the stepmother is a thing. Because my stepfather was one of the most loving, caring men that I have well, ever it's, met. Well, I, I, it's probably a history thing because very regularly through history, especially with nobles and and people of royalty, whether they be kings, queens, emperors, things like that, the it usually passed down a line. So if you were a king and you married someone and they could not give you a son, which would have been your rightful heir, then you got rid of that wife, remarried, and all your fortunes would go on to that one. So if you were the daughter of this king, you basically got shit on because now you have a stepmom and she produced a son for your father. So this is the opposite. This guy produced a son. And the mom wants it for her daughter. Well, it works that way, too. Like, if you have a son, you're, you know, if you're a king, you have a son with your wife, your wife dies, you take another wife because you need a queen, that woman is going to try and get rid of that son so that her kids can take over. It's just like lions in the wilderness. Yeah, but it, this, these, this family in particular is not wealthy. I'm, that's just my suggestion. Fair. No, I understand the logic, though. I'm with you. <sighs> Timeless tale of women murdering children, so let's proceed. Uh, yeah. So she took great hatred to the little boy and pushed him from one corner to the other, 
slapped him there and cuffed him there until the poor boy was continually in terror. And for when he came home from school, he had no peaceful place. One day, the woman had gone upstairs to her room and her little daughter followed and said, Mother, give me an apple. Please would have done. I don't, I don't understand the manners, but whatever. <laughs> so children today. Right. Yes, my child, said the woman, and she gave her a fine apple out of a chest that had a great heavy lid on it with a sharp iron lock. Mother, said the little girl, is brother not to have one too? This made the woman very angry, but her little daughter, she said, yes, when he comes home from school. And when she saw from the window the boy coming, an evil thought came to her. She snatched at the apple and took it away from her daughter and said, you shall not have one before your brother, and threw the apple into the chest and shut the lid. When the boy came home, the woman kindly asked him, my son, will you have an apple? And she cast him a nasty look. Mother, the little boy said, how dreadful you look. Yes, give me an apple. (laughs) How dreadful you look. Then she spoke as kindly as before and holding up the top, come here and take one out for yourself. And as the boy stooped over the chest, crash, she slammed down the lid. On his head? And his his head flew off and fell among the red apples. Fucking knew it. The fuck? Decapitated. I that. I was actually kind of so hoping that, of that. like, it would, there was going to be, like, this little twist where her daughter gets in on accident. Yep. Like, gets poisoned or some shit. Like, have a nice life, bitch. <laughs> well, the woman was overwhelmed with terror and thought, if I could but make them think that it was not done by me. So she went to the chest of drawers and took out a little white handkerchief out of the top drawer, set the boy's head on his neck, and folded the handkerchief around it so nothing could be seen. She sat him on a chair in front of the door and put the apple in his hand. After this, Marlinchen came into the kitchen to her mother, who was standing by the fire constantly stirring a pot of hot water, which does not help it boil. How did his head stay on? The, the handkerchief. So, no. so hold on. There was Logic. a book that I used to read in elementary dark, dark room. school. Yes! In a dark, dark room. Yes! Oh my God, I'm so glad somebody else knows that book. That was my favorite book when I was in elementary school. That was my favorite story in the dark, dark room was the girl with the green ribbon. In a dark, dark room. Yes! It's so good. <laughs> yeah, we're having a moment. I guess you know where they got it from. Because, you know, in a dark, dark room definitely led to scary stories you tell in the dark one, two, and three. I don't know that book series, but I do know Are You Afraid of the Dark? So I'm with you. I never watched that. I was a Goosebumps bitch. Goosebumps was good. I wasn't allowed to watch any of that. I wasn't allowed. My father was super Christian and he said it was bad for me, but I did it anyway. Yeah, no, we only had one TV and my dad watched it all the time. My father let me watch Howard Stern. I'm pretty certain watching scary shit was the least of my concerns. I don't know who Howard Stern is, but okay. He talks about sex on the radio. A lot. I used to listen to it on the way to Catholic school. Actually, in the movie, he had a girl sit on a speaker and was like, boom, 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 and made her orgasm from the vibration of the speaker. Is that why you are the way you are? 
So I'm not going to lie because my father was totally okay with me. Like, so he listened to it because that's what he enjoyed listening to and watching at night. But because he didn't care if I was in the room, I definitely became obsessed with the movie Private Parts for a very brief period. That's why you are the way you are. Oh my God, you guys, life has changed drastically for all of us. Everyone's stuck inside, many with kids or pet underfoot, and the uncertainty of each and every day can cause stress beyond reason. So let's take some time to be kind and treat yourself, especially to some happy adult fun time. If you're looking for a book that draws you in and gets your blood stirring, I would like to call your attention to Strands of Solace. Rewoven by Cheryl Sukachek. For all of you nerdy witches out there, this story unfolds with the classic feel of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, an epic quest to recover a magic sword in a vibrant new world brought to you by a truly gifted author. Enjoy memorable characters with complex relationships and some scorching scenes that make it an adult playground. You might need to take a shower to cool down, or can you take the heat? Find this sultry tale only on Amazon and Amazon Kindle now. Little boy. (laughs) Handkerchief around his neck, doesn't keep his head on, but go. Okay, so she sat him on a chair in front of the door and put an apple in his hand. But you gotta glue that shit. Right? This well, I feel like this is a duct tape moment because duct tape. That's two. That would work. Right. Hold on. Wait. What time period is this supposed to be? Okay. This is eighteen hundreds. Blue needle and thread, motherfuckers. Like you use this stuff. Well, you'll see why she didn't secure the head. Oh no. Yeah. After this, Marlin Shin came into the kitchen to her mother, who was standing by the fire, constantly stirring the pot of hot water. Mother, said Marlinchen, brother is sitting at the door and he looks quite white and has an apple in his hand. I asked him to give me the apple and he did not answer me and I was quite frightened. Go back to him, the woman said, and if he will not answer you, give him a box on the ear. So Marlinchen went to the boy and said, brother, give me the apple. And he was silent. So she gave him a box on the ear whereupon his head fell off. That poor child. She was terrified. Yeah. And she began to cry (laughs) and ran to her mother. Now, wait a minute. You were so worried about somebody catching you killing this little boy that you convinced your daughter that she killed him. This is a shit. Justine, you would do that. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Well, just because because if I was the type of parent. That just because if I was a parent and my kid decided they wanted to stick something in a light socket, I'd be like, go ahead, see what happens. I wouldn't convince them they killed their sibling. I would. (laughs) Well, let's see how this pans out, shall we? Your face, honey. Sorry. (laughs) Marlinchen was terrified and she began to cry and ran to her mother and said, 
Alas, mother, I have knocked my brother's head off. And she cried and screamed and would not cease. Marlinchen, said the woman, what have you done? (laughs) But be quiet and let no one know. It cannot be helped now and we will make him into a pot of stew. The mother took the little boy. Listen, I would eat that stew. (laughs) I would eat that stew. The woman took the little boy and chopped him into pieces, put him into the pot, and made him into a stew. But Marlinchen stood by and wept and wept, and all of her tears had fallen into the pot, so there was no need of any salt. When the father came home and sat down to dinner and asked, but where's my son? His wife served him a great dish from the pot of stew when Marlinchen wept fiercely. Then the father asked, but where is my son? Ah, said his wife, he has gone across the country to his mother's great uncle and he will stay there for a while. And what is he going to do there? The father asked. Why did he not even say goodbye to me? The wife replied, oh, he wanted to go and asked me if he might stay six weeks. He is well taken care of there. Ah, said the man, I feel so unhappy. Least of all should be right. He ought to have said goodbye to me. And with that, he began to eat. (gasps) Okay, but like, wait, what was her plan at the end of the six weeks? I'm hoping she gets her just dessert by then. (laughs) Mm, We can hope so, right? Well, this poor man, he doesn't know it, but he's unknowingly consuming his his son. son. Right. And Marlinchen's still At least I would tell you. You wouldn't surprise people with foot tacos. You would warn them that they're foot tacos. (laughs) I think I need to get your consent to feed you foot tacos. I think it might be illegal. Sign a waiver. (laughs) I'm going to need you to sign a waiver. Is that considered biological warfare? Yeah. Mm. I need a waiver signed, please. Well, <laughs> he didn't get me. a waiver. He's just eating his kid and doesn't know it. You'd think, oh, like, God. he wouldn't think this was weird, gamey, obscure meat. Maybe it tastes like tacos. Maybe. Uh, so, supposedly, humans it tastes taste like, like pork. pork. Is that a Dahmer quote? I don't remember, but that's why um, humans are called long pig. Because we taste like pork. Also, apparently, um, uh, some cannibal did an interview somewhere and said the closest thing we taste like is spam. So we're either taste like spam or pork. <gasps> we could taste like bacon, right? Oh my god, I hope I taste like bacon. <laughs> like, bitch, I don't we want to taste try like bacon. I want to taste Why? disgusting, so nobody will uh, consume my flesh. Listen, I'm gonna make some. I mean, stuff I need you. <laughs> <laughs> Steph bacon. No stuff bacon. Okay, continue. Okay, okay, can we make Justine bacon? Yes. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Actually, I'm more fatty out of all three of us, so I would have better bacon. Just saying. I mean, my butt's all fat. We could just take it off of that. You have no no. It's all fat. You're all sinewy. I don't want to hear it. Wait, so listen, real fast. <laughs> At work, we had one of the demo people, and they were demoing, like, okay, you know, like, the 50s, those, like, shakers that, like, were supposedly, like, making you lose weight by shaking you? Yeah. Okay, we had one of those in work. So, when I was in bakery, all I wore was, like, yoga pants, leggings, shit that didn't really hold anything together. 
And I got on the shaker guy at one point and Patty, long blonde hair back there goes, Brandy, I've never seen someone with such a little ass shake so much. (laughs) My butt is 100% fat. There's no muscle at all. 100%. It's the only fat on my body. That's all. I just needed to tell you that. Now we know. Now we know. You want to sing some more? The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) Wait, I sent you guys what it really is, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay, so the husband is consuming his son and the little girl's crying. And he asks, Marlinchen, why are you crying? Your brother will certainly be back. Then he said, oh, wife, how delicious this food is. Give me some more. The more he ate, the more he wanted to eat. And he said, give me some more and you shall have none of it. It seems as if it were all mine. And he ate and ate and threw all the bones under the table until he finished the entire pot of stew. But Marlinchen went away to her chest of drawers and pulled out her best silk handkerchief. She took all the bones from beneath the table and tied them up in the silk. She carried the bundle out the door, weeping tears of blood. Then she laid them down on the grass under the juniper tree. And after she had laid them down, she suddenly felt light and did not cry anymore. At the juniper tree began to stir itself. And the branches parted and moved together again, as if somebody were rejoicing and clapping his hands. At the same time, a mist seemed to arise from the tree. In the center of the mist, it burnt like a fire. And a beautiful bird flew from the fire, singing magnificently. Phoenix! Well, it's not a phoenix, but yeah, same idea. The bird flew high up in the air, and when it had gone, the juniper tree was just as it had been before. The handkerchief filled with bones had disappeared. Merlinchen, however, was as gay and happy as if her brother were still alive. She went merrily into the house and sat down to dinner and ate. When the bird flew away, it lighted on a goldsmith's house and began to sing. It was my mother who slaughtered me. It was my father who ate me, but pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones and laid them neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, 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 oh, what a beautiful bird am I. The goldsmith was sitting in his workshop making a gold chain when he heard the bird singing on the roof, and a beautiful song it seemed to him. I cannot sing, so I did not sing it. I There's a reason why I decorate cakes, and I'm not a famous pop star, but there's the bird on the roof i mean clearly i'm a great singer (laughs) yeah you should have read the story you could have sang it (laughs) the goldsmith sitting in his workshop was making a gold chain when he heard the birds singing on his roof a beautiful song it seemed to him he stood up and as he crossed the threshold he lost one of his slippers yet he walked right out into the middle of the street with one shoe and one sock still wearing his apron holding the golden chain in one hand and the pincers in the other. He stood still and looked up at the bird and said, Bird, how beautifully you can sing. Sing me that piece again. Nay, said the bird. I'll not sing it twice for nothing. Give me the golden chain and I will sing it for you. There, said the goldsmith, there is the gold chain for you. Now sing me that song again. 
And the bird came and took the gold chain in his right claw and sat in front of the golden smith and sang, It was my mother who slaughtered me. It was my father who ate me. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones and laid them neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, 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 oh, what a beautiful bird am I. And the bird flew away to the shoemaker, lighted on his roof and sang, It was my mother who slaughtered me. It was my father who ate me. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones and laid them neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, 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 oh, what a beautiful bird am I. The shoemaker heard the song and ran out the door in his shirt sleeves. He looked up at his roof and was a force to behold his hands before his eyes so the sun should not blind him. Bird, said he, how beautifully you can sing. And then he called in at his door. Wife, just come outside and look at this bird. He certainly can sing. Then he called his daughter and all of his children and his apprentices, both young men and maidens alike. And they all came into the street and looked at the bird and saw how beautiful he was. What a fine red and green feathers he had. And he looked like he had gold around his neck and his eyes and his head shone like stars. Bird, said the shoemaker, now sing me that song again. Nay, said the bird, I will not sing it twice for nothing. You got to give me something. <laughs> At least he's smart. <laughs> yeah. Wife said well, he got man, murdered, so like, whatever. Uh, he's profiting. Wife, said the man, go into the shop upon the top shelf, stands a pair of red shoes, bring them here. The wife went in and brought the shoes. There, bird, said the man, now sing me that song again. The bird came and took the shoes from his left claw and flew back onto the roof and sang. It was my mother who slaughtered me. It was my father who ate me. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones. She laid them neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, 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 what a beautiful bird am I. Just as a little foreshadowing, you can see what's coming. And when he had finished his song, he flew away with the chain in his right claw and the shoes in his left claw. And he flew until he reached a mill. And the mill went clip, clap, clip, clap, click, clap. And in the mill sat 20 millers, men's hewing a millstone, and they went hick, hack, hick, hack, hick, hack. When the bird went and sat in the laden tree that grew in the front of the mill and sang, it was my mother who slaughtered me. One of the men stopped working. It was my father who ate me. Two more stopped working and listened to that. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones. Then four more stopped and laid them neath. Now eight were hewing. The juniper tree, now only five. Kiwit, 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 now only one. What a beautiful bird am I. The last stopped also and heard the final words. Bird, he said, how beautifully you sing. Let me hear that. Sing that one more time. Nay, said the bird, I will sing it twice for nothing. Give me the millstone and then I will sing it again. Yes, he said, if it belonged to only me, you should have it. Yes, said the others, if he sings again, he shall have it. The bird came down and the 20 millers were all set to work with the beam and raised the stone up. The bird stuck out its neck through the hole and put the stone on it as if it were a collar. He flew onto the tree and sang, it was my mother who slaughtered me. It was my father who ate me. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones and laid them neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, kiwit, kiwit. Oh, what a beautiful bird am I. 
When he finished, he spread his wings and with the chain in his right claw and the shoes in his left and the millstone round his neck, he flew far away to his father's house. There in the room sat the father and the mother and Marlinchen at dinner. And the father said, how light and happy I feel. Nay, said the mother, I feel so uneasy as if a heavy storm were coming. Marlinchen, however, sat weeping and weeping. Then came the bird flying, and it seated itself upon the roof, and the father said, Oh, I feel so truly happy. The sun is shining so beautifully outside. I just feel as if I were about to see an old friend again. Nay, said the woman, as she tore her stays open. I feel so anxious. My teeth are chattering. There's fire in my veins. And she held her plate before her eyes and cried until it was quite filled with water. The bird sat on the juniper tree and sang, It was my mother who slaughtered me. The mother shut her eyes and covered her ears. She did not want to hear. Her eyes burned and flashed like lightning. There was a roaring in her ears like a violent storm. It was my father who ate me. Ah, mother, the bird said, that is a beautiful bird. He sings so splendidly and the sun shines so warm and there is a smell just like cinnamon. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones. Then Marlinchen laid her head on her knees and wept without ceasing. But the father said, I'm going out. I must see that bird quite close. I don't understand how his dad does not see all these weird things going on. He's a man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't go, said his wife. I feel as if the whole house were shaking and on fire. But her husband went out and looked at the bird. And laid them neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, kiwit, oh, what a beautiful bird am I. On this, the bird let the golden chain fall, and it fell exactly around the man's neck. So exactly that it fitted beautifully. The man went back indoors and said, look at the handsome gold chain the beautiful bird has given to me. But his wife was so terrified, she fell onto the floor, and the cap fell off of her head. Then the bird sang once more, it was my mother who slaughtered me. Would that I were a thousand feet neath the earth, so I not hear that, the woman cried. It was my father who ate me, and she fell down as if dead. But pretty Marlinchen looked for my bones. Ah, said Marlinchen, I too will go out and see if the bird will give me anything. And she went out and laid them neath the juniper tree, and the bird threw the shoes down to her. Kiwit, kiwit. Oh, what a beautiful bird Dear am God, I. God, I hope he drops that stone on her fucking head. <laughs> All the father is not the kid. <laughs> All at once, Marlinchen was lighthearted and joyous, and she put on her new red shoes and danced and leapt into the house. Ah, she said, I am so sad. I went out and now I am light. The splendid bird has given me a pair of red shoes. Nay, said her mother, and she sprang to her feet, and her hair stood on end like flames on a fire. I feel as if the world was coming to an end. I, too, will go out and see if I can feel lighter. And she went out to the door. Crash. Yes! Bye, bitch. that bitch. Crash! The bird threw the millstone down on her head and crushed her flat to the ground. The father of Marlinchen heard and rushed to see smoke and flames and fire rise from the spot. It was over, and there stood the little brother, who took his father and Marlinchen by the hand, and all three were happy and went into the house and ate their dinner. Fuck that bitch.
Yeah, right. So is he eating himself then? They, no, the father ate all that stew. This is a new dinner. Okay. You know what? The next one your husband would have liked because it's three army surgeons, but I'm not reading that. Justine, you look really pretty. Thank you. I like your dark lipstick. That was. I got it from Ulta. Okay. Okay, ladies. So the fairy tales are over for this week. Yes. They're done. Please tell me you got a good phobia for this. So, like, they weren't as dark as I thought they would be. Why you guys keep doing this to me? Okay, so so the first one was, and I and while the second one was dark, I like that it had like I like okay, so like I'm aware that like of what grim fairy tales are. So I realized that grim fairy tales are these dark stories that have these twists to them that was I make them happy in the end. Like I liked the second one a lot. That's but my favorite one. It wasn't as dark as I was expecting. I'm not going to lie, though. The child pawned it off on her kid, fed the kid to her husband. Yeah, but then he killed her in the end. She got what she deserved. Fair. Um, like, during that whole second story, because of the song, I kept thinking back to a song from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Are you going to sing it? Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. <laughs> That's literally all of the song I'm singing, because it's like a two-minute long song. I'll play it for you on Thursday. Okay. I love that. Do you have a phobia for fairy tales? So I tried looking, but the best I could come up with was, and I thought this worked pretty well, because where do you find fairy tales? But in books. So if you're afraid of books, you're a bibliophile or you have bibliophobia i knew that i did not know that i did because there was like an oddly specific fear because when i first heard the word like bibliophile i was like oh you're like a person afraid of the bible because like same i thought bibliophile is a lover of books it's bibliophobia yes Okay, still, same thing. I thought it was, like, a love of the Bible or, like, a fear of the Bible. And I was like, who the fuck is afraid of the Bible? And then I was like, oh, it's books. And then I was like, who the fuck's afraid of books? Okay, ladies. Dare time. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy. Or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. 
Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Did you hear that? I hear talking in the back of somebody's truck. It's probably Tiffany. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what she's talking about while we're recording. I'll tell you later. That's fair. Okay. I need a number. Seven. It's like the pick low numbers. Oh, no. 82. No, I'm already on seven. Damn it. All right, wait, I'll compare it to 82. No, seven. I dare you to pop a balloon without using your hands. I'm afraid of balloons. I can do that. Wait, what? I don't like the sound they make when they pop. It scares me. You got to pop a balloon. I mean, she's not wrong. You know what scares me? Fucking Jack in a Box scares me. Oh, those are clowns. I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. They don't scare me because they're clowns. Like, it's just that shock. That's why I can't go to haunted houses because I might hit somebody. So, like, listen, I'm good if you're not jumping out at me. Yeah, I can't do jump scares. Like, don't fucking jump at me. Don't fucking come at me. Don't call my name in the dark. Fucking die. I love psychological thrillers and psychological horror movies because I feel those are the ones that stick with you. I but fuck those jump scare movies. Like no, I can't deal you. with it. No. All right. Well, that story time has me tired. Me too. Good, good bet. I found my baby blanket today. Nice. Just, like it's still pretty good. It's adorable. My mom got rid of my baby blanket because it got such a giant hole in it. I could wear it as a cape. I mean, that's fair. This one's the one I got from my biological mom when I was like born, born. Oh, yeah. It's cute. I lost mine four years ago. I slept with it every night until four years ago. Well, I lost mine when I moved into the apartment and then I was moving. I was packing stuff again and I found it. Yay. Yay. Right? So that that being said, let's uh let's wrap up this episode. Okay, bye. <laughs> She's like, bye. All right, She's so like, I'm get, bye. You'll get surprised on what the next episode's gonna be. Because I think we're gonna be surprised too, because we don't even know. Well, we have options. No, I know because one of them's mine. Yes. Oh damn, we're fine. I bought you as much time as I could. It's your episode next, Dex. No, but it'll I be cool. I'm ready for this. This is going to be a double whammy. Okay, great. I'm in. Hell, and, I'll do the next two if you really want me to. No, no, because we got Death Goddesses. So you got your episode, and then we're going to start Death Goddesses. Okay. Unless yours is a two-parter, then we're starting Death Goddesses. I'm pretty certain mine won't be a two-parter. Okay. So that means you have to talk for two hours for it to be a two-parter. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's uh, definitely not. okay so like listen the only reason i say that not because like okay so let's face it i could talk for probably like 24 hours but because of the specific topic that i'm going to be doing next i watched like a 20 minute video on that's it yeah like i can stretch it into longer i'm just saying you can i can do my topic justice in 20 minutes (laughs) No, so like, wait, that's all the research you did was 20 no, minutes? No, it's not, it's not research. I'm saying somebody did a YouTube video 
related to my topic, that's about 20 minutes. Well, I watched a seven oh. minute so video saying on it's a, possible. No, 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 I no, need, no. It's not possible because I, I no. watched a seven minute video on a death goddess, but I'm reading a 200 page novel on her. There's no way to appropriately c- capture a subject. In- no, I promise you there is. I'll show it to you. Okay. I promise you. So stay tuned All next week YouTube for a 20 videos. minute episode from Dex. It's not going to be a 20 minute episode. I'm going to do better trash. than that. Because, like I said, mine's a double whammy. Okay. Oh, no, guys, my phone's going to die. All right, we're done. We're done. Bye, guys. Sleep well. Bye. Have a great Bye. week. Great week, witches. Bye.